Presented by ESPN, I am Matt Bungard, and with me today, Nick Campton. Hello. Hey, everyone. What's doing, mate? Mate, just gearing up for Christmas, you know, mm. running around trying to buy presents for people, you know. Yeah, right. it's actually, packed, it's packed, packed like social time of the year. Everyone wants to catch up for a beer and hang out and all that. And that sounds awful. Sweating to death all the while, you know. It's yeah. great. Yeah, I'm kind of. We're doing it so our family. So Christmas is usually like me, Charlie my parents um my two aunties and uncles their kids it's, it's usually about 15 people at christmas right and is yeah big you, truck, is big truck normally there of course love yeah, big truck yeah great guy but um big uh, truck is so normally, big truck is uh bungard's brother for yes yes we probably should have explained that earlier no 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 and one day he and declan will combine to form a big pup <laughs> lookout world um but um yeah so obviously you know how it is with family right you get everyone a present every 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 present you get is like a 20 dollar gift they're kind of shit like it's stuff you never really use or want or any other stuff so someone in my family came up with a great idea this year that we're just doing secret santa instead so everyone in the family's got one person and you can buy like a like a more expensive gift for them and that's it so instead of getting like a bunch of 20 dollar gifts that i'll never use and probably didn't want i'm probably i'm gonna probably just get like a nice bottle of whiskey or something so i'm very excited yeah, my family is sort of getting to the size now where we're gonna to have to do something like that because yeah. there's there's uh I got you know two brothers, I got two sisters. Um, one of my brothers has got a partner, both my sisters do, one of my sisters has two kids, mm. and it's just sort of like getting out it's of control, lot. getting out of control very quickly. So I think next year we're gonna to have to do the the Chris Kringle thing. It's a good idea, man. It's 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 I think it's it's definitely changed the game for us this year. It's made everything a lot less stressful. So yeah, that's good. But so uh, yeah, that's, that's that's next week's problem. But I'll tell but, you, but, but you, but you're Mr. Christmas though. Like I would have no, thought, yeah, that, no, I would well, have yeah, thought watching... that buying the gifts for everyone would be part of the the sick Christmas. It's honestly the so least. Love. It's honestly the least fun part. What buying stuff for people? Yeah, like that's the, the best you know, part. No, I don't know, man. Like you got the Christmas movies. You got you make all the fancy Christmas cocktails I make. As you said, we have got a million social events on. You're seeing people. The vibes are good. Uh, me and Charlie go Christmas shopping a couple of times just to buy a couple of little things and, you know, just like see all the decorations and stuff. But like the actual, when the bit, when you've got to be like, fuck, going through your checklist and being like, fuck, have I got this cousin a present or this auntie a present or stuff? That part I don't really enjoy. And so, yeah, it's taken out of the equation this year. So full steam ahead. How good. There you go. Christmas um, is back. But uh, no present I'm going to give anyone. It's going to compare to the, 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 the big uh, flowing locks of jerome lewis sitting under the christmas tree at concord when uh <laughs> when, when when you when you boss shane richards and goes to unwrap his presents on christmas day and sees that they are uh, got their man if all reports are to be believed yeah so five years six million dollars like we have to have a really annoying caveat that this isn't a hundred percent over the line yet because of the nrl's ridiculous new system where somebody has 10 days to back out of a deal after they sign it or something like that. I have no idea what that's meant to achieve. I'm sure there's some suit down at um, Anzac Parade who has an answer, but it just seems dumb to me. But it does look like Luai to the Tigers is a done deal. Like I, I, I think there was the footage that came out of him telling all the guys out at Penrith and it was clear like an emotional thing for all of them. And I don't think he would back out after he does something like that. So while we can't accept it as being 100%, I'm pretty willing to do so. 
I am too. And it's it's so from this point forward, listeners, we will be treating it as though the signing is done. So we don't have to keep making that caveat every time we we analyze any aspect of what the Tigers are going to do. From henceforth, just pretend that it's over the line. So Nick, for this year, it's kind of interesting. And now it almost kind of looks like those dudes that they've got sitting in the halves for this year. It's kind of almost like a year-long open audition to see who's going to be partnering Luai in, in 2025. Obviously, clearly, Finu, they would think, and I think their fans would hope, would be the guy that elevates himself and is this is this talented player that, by all accounts, that you know everyone in the junior system at Manly and then getting him over to the, all these huge wraps on him as a player. But then there's obviously Aiden Caesar and, and, and Bud Sullivan waiting in the wings too. So it'd be really interesting to see which of those guys, if anyone, can can sort of put themselves ahead of the the others this year when it comes to securing one of those six or seven jerseys going forward long-term? Yeah, well, Caesar, I would imagine, was always intended to be a bridge, just a guy mm. who's got experience to maybe even just get him through the first part of the season um, while sort of, while Finu sort of gets a little bit more used to playing against men. And then you've got Jaden Sullivan who sort of splits the difference between the two of them pretty nicely. Um I guess the big thing, and, and this is this is not just related to who Luai is going to partner in the halves, but really if if the thing that to me is that will define whether this deal actually works or not is whether they want to play him at halfback or 5'8". And yes. there's sort of been a lot of talk through this process that part of the sales pitch from the Tigers was like if you're at if you're at Penrith, that's always going to be Nathan Cleary's team. This can be your team. You can be mm. the dominant playmaker here. But I think there's a difference between being a dominant playmaker and being the halfback. I, I, I agree with that. If I'm paying this much money for Jerome Luai, I want him to do all the things that he does well. Mm. You know, I want him to create from second receiver. I want him to have a really good combination with the guys around him on that left side. You know, I want to put guys around him that will complement that skill set that he has. What I don't want him doing is getting into first receiver all the time, doing a lot more organizing than running, doing yeah. a lot of like long range kicking. I don't want him doing all that stuff. And no. my fear if I was a Tigers fan would be that they sign him and they throw him into that role, which is I think a thing that he can do for a couple of weeks here and there, if there's an injury or something like that. And he's done that a couple of times for Penrith and he's done it a couple yeah. of times for Smile. But if I'm paying $1.2 million for a guy for five years, then mm. I want him to play to his strengths all the time. I want to get the Correct. best possible version of that player. And I think the best possible version of Jerome Luai is pretty clearly as a 5'8". And you can still be the dominant presence on the field while being that sort of player. Yeah. But I don't, I just, I, I, I really hope the Tigers have a great understanding of what they've actually what they've actually got here. Mm. You know, like square pegs, round holes, all that sort of deal. You know yeah, what it I reminds think... me of a little bit? Yeah. And I think I've made this comp before. Remember when Cherry Evans and Foran were at Manly the first time? They both came on mm. contract at the same time. Yeah, yeah. And it was all about who do you pay more for? And I always wanted Cherry Evans more because he can just do more stuff. Correct. Right. But then Foran ended up getting the big bank as well. And he went to Parramatta and he played halfback. And I know he only lasted about a year there because of off-field problems, mm. but... I always thought he was like a top tier, one of the very best secondary playmakers and shoehorning him into that role. Correct. Never really suited him. So that's well, the I sort mean, of thing. That's the sort of thing I would hope the Tigers take. You, you think back to those sort of limited occasions where like Cody Walker had to play halfback, for example, and that's a situation you never want to find yourself in. I don't mind what Jersey Jerome Luai wears. I think there's a world where 
he could wear the seven, but the guy in the six is a guy with a bit of a kicking game and a bit more of an organizational player. I think that that is largely cosmetic. I agree that you need to have two different guys that do different things, but I think the actual jersey number on the back doesn't matter all that much yeah, as long as, yeah. as you said, he's doing – like he can wear the seven and still just play on the left and do all the things that Jerome Lewis is so good at doing and pop up in the middle of the field from time to time. Yeah, I, I don't think there should be a world where – We've got Jerome Luai kicking the football 15 times a game. Like, I, I don't think that's going to be helpful to anybody. So with that part in mind, do you think that opens the door more so or less so for any of those three guys I mentioned before in terms of how their games in particular? And I'll be honest with you, I don't have that much of an idea of what, what Finu's game is like. But of those other two guys, I think a guy like Caesar is probably more complementary to Luai's strengths than Sullivan is. Mate, yeah, look, I, I don't know. I probably wouldn't be worrying too much about how Luai's going to fit with these guys because I think that will sort itself out over the course of the yeah. season. And, like, I, I would be surprised if Caesar's body is able to hold up through one NRL campaign, let alone more after this, because, mm. you know, like he was struggling to get through the Super League seasons towards the end. But I guess I guess we're sort of dancing around the big question here. And the big question is, do you like this deal for the Tigers? I think that I, said I remember, my mates. I remember yeah. you said yeah. a few weeks ago, if if this get, did get done, it would either be the best signing ever for the Tigers or the absolute worst. Correct. I was Are literally about to say that. that. I said yeah. that to a few Tigers fans who've messaged me about this since it happened. And I was I was actually watching the Ravens game with with, with our mate Shane today, who listens. Hello, Shane. And he he agreed. And he's a long-suffering Tigers man. And he basically said the same thing. He said, there's a world where you know, this elevates us to being where we want to be as one of the best teams of God. But there's also a world where it completely goes to shit. And I don't think there is much of a middle ground. This is the West Tigers. They don't really do middle ground all that much. It's either a catastrophe or, you know, there's there's, there's a couple of glorious campaigns in 05 and 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 in and in 2010 as well. Well, they, they got close to winning, but not quite. But yeah, they don't they, they deal in absolutes most of the time. And I think Jerome Luai is a player that kind of deals in absolutes. He's a very divisive player. He's a guy that he, people either think is the heart and soul of the Panthers, or they think he's he's overrated and he's a fraud. And I don't, I, I reject that tag completely. I think he's a really good player, and I, I I think that the intangibles, and you've touched on this in previous episodes when we've been talking about whether he was going to go to the Tigers or not. I think that's the attitude that he brings and this winning mentality paired with Afi Korosau, who's done a little bit of that, so who, who sort of carried himself really well since he got to the Tigers, and I think has had a has had a positive impact on those around him in the way that he in the way that he conducts himself as as a footballer. I think Luai can be really helpful for them in that regard, and I think that that stuff is not as important as his on field product, obviously, but it's an extremely important component as to why they've got him in the first place. And I also think that if you're the West Tigers, you have to pay big money to get guys, and that's just the reality of your situation. And they know that. And why the fuck not? Swing for the fences, have a go. If this works out and it goes well, then they could be a genuine contender in this league if they nail a couple of other signings. Though we'll get to we'll get to some other Tigers related news in a, in a minute. But yeah, I, I think this could be an absolute masterstroke, or it could be a disaster. I'm leaning towards the former right now because we always like to err on the side of optimism when it comes to the West Tigers. But yeah, there there is also a scenario where he cracks the shits after two years and goes back to Penrith. So we'll, we'll see what happens. You know the scene in that Treehouse of Horror episode where. Homer goes into goes into the shop to buy the little crusty doll, and he yes. has the that's good, that's yeah, yeah. bad. He has that little runner with the with the clerk there. Yeah, that's kind of me with the Lou ideal. Like every mm. every time I start thinking about it, I think of a a point, and I'll go, yeah, that's a good thing. That that's why it could work. And then the next point will be, well, yes, but then here's this other one. So like for example, I Jerome agree. Louis loves winning. That's good. That's Jerome good. Louis hates losing. Oh, that's bad. 
So like, here's a good example. I agree with you about the off-field stuff. I, I think it could be really, really helpful for the Tigers to have a player who sort of really exudes that sort of that sort of confidence because I think they're a team that really, really needs that. You know, like I know we we laugh when people say stuff like, oh, they've forgotten how to win or they've forgotten how mm. to lose or whatever. But like winning and losing do become habits and that's been yeah. a place that's lost a lot for a pretty long time now. And if you were picking a player to sort of, you know, come in there and, and tell everybody, well, no one thinks we can do it. We're going to fucking prove all these pricks wrong. You'd get Jerome Luai to do that job. You mm. know what I mean? And like that sort of defiance that he plays with has made a, played a really big part in Penrith's rise. But now there's no one left to defy. There's no more enemies. They were searching for enemies all season. That's how that's how much this team runs on them. So now he's tried. Now he's he's sort of you know found a, a righteous cause again. Found something that he can be a part of from the ground up. So I think that's really good. But on the other hand, you sort of say, oh, yeah, well, how bad could it get? We know exactly how bad this can get. The Luke Brooks deal is as bad as this can get. Yes. You know, like people forget that when Luke Brooks signed that big deal with the Tigers, he'd just come off, he'd finished top five in the Dallium and he just won mm. half back of the year. And he mm. was worth the money because if the Tigers hadn't given it to him, somebody else, somebody else would have. They absolutely would have. There was interest in Luke Brooks at the time. There were a couple of clubs that wanted him and he could have left if he wanted to, right? And... He never played that sort of footy again, and things just got worse and worse and worse and worse to the point where Luke Brooks, a player who never wanted to leave the Tigers, was glad to leave and glad to get out. Never and never like and the fans like, were happy that he and was the fans leaving, were happy which is the worst yeah, part so about it. Tigers fans know how wrong this can go if indeed it does go wrong. You know, yeah. so I'm that, that's that I'm just sort of really really twisted mm. up with it. You know, and then even with the the confidence stuff and the swagger stuff, I was having a good chat to to Mitch about this. Mitch sort of said. That's really more like that suits the Penrith area and the Penrith fans really, really well. He doesn't think it'll suit the Tigers fans as much because the Tigers don't sort of have that same edge to them. They never really have. No. So it, it's a new attitude that they're developing, but it's an attitude that's different to the admittedly brief periods of success that the Tigers have had in the past. Mm. You know, so I'm, but then I go back into it again and I think, well, this Penrith team might be the best team ever. And now the Tigers are going to have half the spine of maybe the best team ever. So that's got to that like that's you know, that's got to be something. Yeah, it's got to be something there. But then you know you go back yes. to well, what if he's what if he can't do it without Cleary? Like, like I'm just I'm ping ponging all around the place. I don't know. I don't know if it's the summer heat or the end of the year, but I mm. I keep I keep rolling around on this one. And uh, I heard his hair contains potassium benzoate. That's bad. <laughs> <laughs> Can I go now? Uh, <laughs> But mate, that's the other thing, right? Like, the thing is with Luai as well is even like you see when they're this is again again going immediately back to the that's good, that's bad. When they're losing and things aren't going well, he cracks the shits and he can grub it up a bit, and he's been he's been guilty of that a little bit in the past, and people have harangued him for it online and and on broadcasts and things like that. But the flip side of that is it shows that he cares. It shows yeah. that he gives a shit. There's a lot of things you can say about Jerome Luai, but he's not a quitter. He's never a guy that gives up on it in a Penrith game. He's never a guy that you can accuse of phoning it in. He's always there pushing the envelope. He's always there trying stuff. He's always there, no matter what's going on in the game, trying to impact the game as best he can, or, you know, sometimes as worst he can, if things are going poorly for them. As but like, he can. Yeah. So I think that is a really good quality. Whilst it's it's bad to be a sore loser and all that stuff, you know what? Maybe they need a couple of sore losers. Maybe they need some blokes who, after they come off the field, after getting pasted for like six weeks in a row, get in the sheds and go, boys, that was fucking pathetic. That wasn't good enough. Because I don't know if they're getting as much tough love 
as they need. And certainly, I don't think they've but had enough you, in the past couple it, of years. Don't you think at some point over the last twelve years there would have been a they would, they would have had players? I would have like hoped that. so, man. Like, I, I, but like, I can't think of it. Like again, this is this is a this is an elite talent who's fresh off playing in four consecutive grand finals. He's played Origin. He's played for his country. He played really well for his country. Like I, I can't think of a sign in the Tigers have made that, that's close to this in a position of such influence. Apart from Ayapi Coruscant, and even then, Coruscant is greater than the player he is. He's not the he's not the sort of lightning rod that Jerome Luai is when it comes to all the intangible stuff that we're talking about. He's a great player. At least he's not a team. he's not a spiritual leader. No, exactly right. Luai Fantastic yeah. player, amazing yeah. player. Um, like I can't really think of a, a signing they've made because again, like Luai's in his prime right now. Coruscant is great of a signing. It is my big concern with that with him is like. How many years are they going to get of those two guys together? Because Carson is already what 32, 33? Like, I'm not sure how many years he's got left as well. So he's, he's, that's only, get, other... he's only get, he's only getting better though. That's the thing though. You, yeah, know, like, every, you, you think yeah. about it, but every year he's just been playing better and better. Man. So is your is, not... is your is, is your ass as sore as mine is from sitting on the fence? Yeah, mate. Honestly, <laughs> like, coming at, coming at you live from Geneva, boom rookies. But um, yeah, yeah like, dude, the, the, of that of that sort of transformative signing that you're talking about, I think the, the last guy that West Scott like that might even be, you might even have to go back to Scott Prince. Yeah, you know, because like, like so they they they've, they've had guys like Gareth Ellis and stuff, but Gareth Ellis as great a player what is a forward. He's not a guy that's and he was a fantastic forward, probably top ten, you know, probably top ten back rowers that I've seen in the last 10, 15 years. But like. That's not a guy that's that's not a Jerome Luai type that's got the ball in his hands, multiple players every set. That's that's outspoken, that's brash, that's leading with this swagger and this arrogance that I really think that they need. I think you might be right, man. I think that there's you'd have to go all the way back to Princey for a guy that's yeah. really transformed them into into what they into what they want to be. This has been a good conversation. I feel like we've both made good points. I still have no idea how I think it's going to go. No, like, clue. I know, and you... I know, and I know, I'm higher on Luai than a lot of other people. Yeah. Um, you're definitely higher in than I am. I still think he's a great player, and I think yeah. if you're the Tigers, you're not get like this is this is as good a player as you can sign realistically. The guys that are the guys like, I think he might be slightly below guys like Daily Cherry Evans or Adam Reynolds or Cody Walker, Nathan Cleary. But like, well, I was about to say you don't get those guys, but Brisbane did get one of those guys. So, <laughs> God damn it! Now I'm sad, oh, and you've ruined <laughs> Christmas. I hope you're happy. I, I, like you bring up that sort of stuff about Luai. Like maybe the Tigers need someone who is a bit of a sore loser, but mm. I, I I'm really interested to see how Luai will go in a team that's that maybe it's, lose, it's maybe not loses a lot, but just loses a lot more than he's accustomed to. Because like through the juniors, Penrith win all the time, no doubt yep. about that. So he came into first grade in 2018. He only played about five games. 2019, I think he played about 15 games or so, but his first year as a starter was 2020 and they've won ever since. So he's never really been in that position. He's never in, in the first, he's never really been a consistent starter on a bad team. Yeah. So I have I have no idea. Well, I think how back he's to, react um, to it, you know, like I think I think about a lot of the big name quarterbacks that get drafted high up in, in the NFL draft. They always come from pro. Like you read stories like Jameis Winston hadn't lost a game since he was 17 or like all this other Trevor Lawrence has won 412 mm. games in a row. Like you read about these guys and then they get to these bad NFL teams and they have to get used to losing. And for some of them it's character building, but for some of them, it breaks them. Yeah. Sometimes never get to the them. levels that they, they never get to the level that people thought they were going to. And a large part of that is because they can't respond to adversity. They don't know how to fight back when they get punched in the mouth because they've never been punched in the mouth before. And guys like Trevor Lawrence and, and I think Joe Burrow have done a really good job of, of, of beating those allegations. But there's guys like Jameis Winston, who I don't think ever really hit the heights that we were expecting. And I think a large part of that was because his attitude was never as good as it needed to be. And 
I would hope that for the Tigers' sake and for Jerome Lewis' sake, he's he's more like the former than the latter. And I think that he's got the character to be that guy. Like we've we've both interviewed him, we've both heard him speak on on TV a million times. He's a guy that he he's a guy that believes in himself more than I think anyone believes in themselves. And so I would hope that he can use that self belief as, as a as a building block, not just for himself but for the whole team this year. And I really think that if they can get the best version of Jerome Lewis, it can drive them to a place we've not seen the West Tigers in a long time. Who's the, who's the who's the NRL's equivalent of James Winston? Oh, someone who does. It might be Jack White. I was I was thinking that. I eh? <laughs> like, like he's one if of you the, told me if you told me which NRL player became a quarterback and had both thirty touchdowns and thirty interceptions in the same season, yeah, you'd be like, yeah, <laughs> that's Jack. Oh, you gotta love it. Well, actually, I don't have to love it anymore. You do. He looks good in the jersey. Where's it? Well, yeah, I did. I did, I did not like that. Yeah, it it may be very, it may be very uncomfortable. Seeing By the way, the, the, the main, the main, like obviously, I'm stoked that the side panels are gone. They've gone back to full hoops, but it really does highlight what a piss take the South away jersey is. Now it is literally the exact same jersey, but with a white rabbit instead of a black one. It's fantastic. Terrific some, some, stuff. Some people are going to get really mad about that when we play like Canberra or something, and they're like, "Where's their away jersey?" And like, we're wearing it, so <laughs> you just deal with it. Uh yeah, I, 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 we, we don't know, but um, I, I, I think you've just got to believe. Moment, like you don't sign like. Whether it works out or not, making home run signings like this or potential home run signings, it's not something that happens to you very often as a sports fan. It's very rare that anyone, regardless of what team you support, unless you go for like one of the top, top, you know, European soccer clubs where like 10 clubs in the world have all the money and they can hoover up all the players. But like American sport, Australian sport, it's very, very rare that you make a guy that like make a signing of a guy that can be completely and utterly transformational for everything that the club stands for. And I think that they've got that in Jerome Luike. This is the know. first. This is the first time that the players signing with another club a season in advance has actually really given me the shits. I don't know. I don't know why this is the straw that that broke the camel's back. But like, I, I want him out there now. I kind of want it to happen now. Yeah. I mean, I. The, I mean, well, I'm trying to think of my least favorite example. Probably when I had to watch Angus Crichton play for us for a whole year, knowing he was leaving. I was like, well, this sucks. This is shit. And then we got. Then they were like, hey, Matt, look over here. Cam Murray. And they, they waved that in my face. I was like, oh, I like this. It's like a dog with about a pair of cards. It honestly was like, like that. Him. Yeah. Look at him. Yeah. Uh, so then we that, that was fine at that point. But yeah, like it's it's so annoying, man. I wish we would do it. Like, like talk about this fucking cool-off period. Well, if we if we have the cool-off period, then like, why are guys still... You don't need a cool-off period when there's a fucking 13-month gap between them signing for a team and, and reporting for pre-season training, do you? I don't know. I agree with you, man. It's so dumb. It's it's been. It doesn't. This is like we talk about how this doesn't get done in this sport. This literally does not happen in any other sport, right? No, I don't think. Not so, that no. I can think of. Like uh, anyway, but uh, yeah. and then times final ahead. final thing on the Luai stuff. I think the terrifying prospect now is Penrith have eight hundred thousand dollars in their salary cap, maybe a little I bit more. Don't like that. And they can go out. They can go out and get just about anyone they want because who would well, want to go out there? Wouldn't you? I, I would imagine that it? they need to use that money to re-sign the guys that are still there. Like when well, they need new contract. Pretty much everyone's locked up. What if you signed? Do, do coaches fit in the salary cap in rugby league? There's like an off-field salary cap. I was going to say, like, just pay that. Ivan Cleary all of Nathan's salary, and then Ivan gives it to Nathan as a Christmas present. That's that's, that, that's an, man. That's an Otani scam. That yeah, mate. Isn't that just an absolute g up? But. Uh, Maybe the West Tigers can defer uh, nine hundred ninety thousand of Jerome Lewis' contract until twenty twenty eight. Pay him ten grand this year. Be a good idea. I like it. And they can sign Adam Fenua Blake, who they're not going to sign now. Who that soap opera's still going? There'll be there'll be a chat for another day because um yeah, 
I think they are officially out on him now, though, so it's probably dogs, sharks, dragons, you'd reckon? Yep, I think it was a day after I said on the show last week that they could maybe get both. Shane Richardson yeah. came out and said, no, we can't get both. So there you go. Uh, this is a message directly to Nicholas Campton of the Blue Rookies <laughs> podcast and the Australian <laughs> Broadcasting Channel. We can't get both, you idiot. Do you know how to count? We have a salary cap. I believe that was the exact statement. I don't know how to count. That's my secret shame. Mm, yes, indeed. Go eat some flowers. Um. The Tigers weren't done there, though. So there's a couple of other signing road news. Again, both related to the West Tigers. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about either of these. Well, actually, I'm sure how I feel about one of them. So Junior Tupo is going to the Dolphins. Is that effective immediately or is that 2025? I don't know. Okay, good. And also, is this effective immediately or 2025? Uh, there's a, a rumored swap deal apparently just about over the line. Justin Olam. The this Bloor is this Olam swap will be immediate. Yep. Bloor's Justin already signed Olam with Sean Norman Bloor. for 25. Okay. But it seems like that's really heating up now. Um, the Tupo signing, I like. He's clearly still very raw, still learning how to play and and all of that. Um, but I think there's definitely that's there's player, definitely man. a player in there. Some somewhere. really good touches um, for them last year. He did, and he had some really good games. And had some bad ones too. But yeah, that's what happens with young fellas. So I actually really like that for the Dolphins. I like them. I like them becoming more athletic in their back five. And even if Tupo is not an immediate starter, I like them adding a little bit of the de- depth to their roster. Cause that was mm. something that, that was, was really their big issue for them uh, last year. And like, call this Christmas madness. If you must, but mm. I think the Dolphins might make the top eight next year. Wow. I, a couple of, I've really a couple of sherries and he's ready to drop I, some takes. <laughs> sherries. And I'm, I'm just, I'm hepped up on eggnog. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I'm ready. And <laughs> No, I just like you know they 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 certainly exceeded my expectations this year. I yeah. had them, I had them finishing with the spoon. I didn't think they'd be able to do much mm, of anything. I had them second but, last, so yeah. But they but they, sh- but they showed a whole lot of ticker uh, before yep. the injuries sort of really got them. And when you look at the signings they've made for next year, they've got Herbie Farnworth, who was one of the best centers in the league this year. Looks so good in them, that. Looks good in that training kit too. Looks damn good in that training Oof. kit. Gives them a bit more strikeout wide. They've got. Tom Flegler, an origin and test front. Fresh off his best NRL season, some would say. Yeah, gives them gives them a like a bit more athleticism and a bit more aggression in the middle of the field, which is kind of what they need with so many old fellas. Tom Gilbert, like he only played about eight or nine games last year. Well, he was playing great before he got hurt. He was playing great footy. So it's almost like they're getting him. It's almost like, you know, that's another new player they're getting in. Like obviously injuries, like they do need some injury luck. I think their half depth is still a little bit of a worry. I like the the O'Sullivan. Katoa combo, but then after that you sort of go on with Cody Nicarima, and that can be a little bit boom bust for my liking. But yeah, I think I think they've got it in them to to make a spirited run into the the last couple of spots in the top eight. I yeah. think it's going to happen. And under the, and and if and if it doesn't end up happening, I'll just say it was Christmas madness. So yeah, it wasn't me; it was the eggnog. It was the port. Can't, can't blame him. It was the, yeah, it was, the, it was, it was all the picky I'd overdosed on Christmas ham. What do you want me to yeah. do? Like. It's yeah. so salty and, and delicious. It's true. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if I'm with you there yet, but I think that they are definitely a, a, a riser for next year. The the Bloor Olam stuff. Uh, I don't like. I mean, we were telling the Tigers not to do it the whole time, but yeah, at least they're West, getting something man. back. At least they're getting something back. They the are. Bloor's leaving anyway. You'd rather. And I know that there was that weird stuff going on with Olam. He was in and out of the team towards the end of the year, mostly out of the team. And we don't know whether he's ever going to be the, the the sort of devastating presence he was like even two years ago. But if they can get 60% of that guy, I think that's definitely like, you know, they were pretty poor in the back line last year. And I think that if he can be close to what Justin Olin used to be, it could be a good signing for at least maybe one or two years. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just worried that he might not get it back. You I, know? Yes. There's, again, th- 
to me, this is a this is a real extreme one because either freshened up, new challenge, new surrounds, it reinvigorates him, mm. or he's sort of lost the eye of the tiger and he can't quite get it back again. You know, yeah. so and because he was a player who, when he came up, played with such intensity and desire and physicality and spirit and all that sort of thing. It's always a worry when a guy sort of loses that a little bit. But I do think you make a good point that even in even in a slightly diminished capacity, he's probably a little bit better than some of the other center options that they had. They were really thin on the ground. Like I know Stafford Toa had that twenty twenty three center of the year. Had that one night where he looked like the best center in the world, but you're mm-hmm. not what I actually, I think he's better on the wing, and you don't want to rely on Star Tower every week. I, I'm all, I'm a big fan of Brent Nadens as well, but he's just had a lot of trouble staying Can't on stay the, the field. field. So yeah. maybe I'm just offering like a little bit of stability in that position will be really good for them. But I I I think I've mentioned this on the show a few times. I love Sean Bloor for the Storm. Yes, I really really like it. I think that's the exact sort of forward that they really needed. They needed someone who was athletic and aggressive. And just sort of gives them a like some 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 real some real punch on the edge of the ruck. I think the plan is to move Trent Loyero to the middle, which should give them a little bit more size in the middle as well, which I think is another good move for them. And people think that you know the oh you know got a talented guy who's never quite put it together go to, goes down to Melbourne and works it all out. People expect that to be something of an automatic process. It's not yeah. like the storm. The storm have as many misses as they do hits. It's just the, when the hits are so good that that's all anyone remembers. Hmm. But I do think if Sean Bloor wants it, if he's willing to put in the work and all that sort of stuff, I think we could very easily see him become the kind of player that he was as a junior when he captained New South Wales under 18s and under 20s. He captained the junior Kangaroos as well. He was a very special player coming through the ranks. He had like two or three years of bad knee injuries and he was only mm. this year, I thought, just starting to put it back to, all back together again. It's a real shame and for the Tigers. It, uh, it is, but like, you know, yeah. You, when you think about it, I think he's got to, he's got to start, right? I think yeah. it's for him to sort of become the player that he can be, he's got to start. And they've got Bateman and they've got Papali'i and there's not really a place for him. So I understand why the Tigers might have gone and done it. I just... I don't want them to end up in a situation where Sean Bloor has the great bounce back season and everyone goes, can you believe the Tigers let him go? People love asking rhetorically that you can't believe that if you can believe the Tigers let him go, they love doing yeah. it. They can't yeah. get enough of it. I'll, I'll tell you for a good comparison for what Bloor can be. Look how well Eli Katoa did last year yeah, with the great. storm and how much he improved from his last season at the Warriors. And I think he'll improve again. And I think Bloor will improve again. And I think mm. it gives Melbourne something that they were lacking. And that was part of the reason I wasn't so high on Melbourne this year. I thought they were a really solid side that maybe just didn't have the, didn't have the 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 what's the what's the right word, didn't have the high octane shit in them when it really really mattered. And well, it was a high octane guy, so I like yeah. that for them. Uh, there hasn't been much of any real like concrete signing news since we last spoke with you listeners, but there is one tiny thing: Naf White re-signed with the Roosters for two more years. That is literally the only signing this week. So one of those guys who. Looks pretty good. I want to see more. Do you know Braden Burns is back at South? Yeah, he's on a train and trial, isn't he? Yeah. Well, what if he trains well? You know, we'll see what happens. Well, if he trains well and he trials well, like, well who knows what could happen from there? I also saw that Buddy Gordon's put retirement on hold for one more year. Oh, he has back. not. Seriously? <laughs> so it's according to Darcy McDonald on. Uh, oh, that's amazing. But play, like, play forever, is it amazing? Buddy. Yes. This this article's from like two hours ago, so yeah. Bro, next year um, will be next year will be his twentieth year okay, playing, but he, playing like 
top level or top level adjacent rugby league. That's top amazing. Top level is doing some heavy lifting there. But I said top like, level adjacent. He got the perfect farewell last year. He won everything. Oh, I think he's at that point where it's not about winning. It's more about playing. I'd love it if he got a first grade game. Oh, I don't I just, like, obviously, I don't think I, that would be responsible. It, but like also, like, you know, if things go a little bit better this year and they, they can put the queue in the rack in like round 27 or so, they don't have anything to play for. They're locked into a particular spot. I'd love it. Just give him, just give him a 20 minutes. The, the, human, vic- the human victory cigar. Mate, come on, that'd be, that would be sick, wouldn't it? Wouldn't that be something? But yeah, Man, Donnie Burns. The... I always believed in Donnie Burns. Oh, the other night he got injured. That was, that was And he never really, like, because remember that couple of weeks at the start of that season, he looked electric. And then he got hurt and he's just Man. never really been. I, I think he's someone who can do well in a good setup because he had some, mm. some good games for the dogs. Remember that game yeah. where Avarillo scored those two? Oh my god! Do I ever? Both of them are from Braden Burns. What a great game that no one except us remembers. Yeah, Fantastic. yeah, and well, and yeah, I had a man on the ground at that game when Braden Burns came back after one of the tries, yeah. hit him with the shuckers, and Burns yeah. he gave it back. Fuck yeah! So like that's the sort of person you just love to have at your club, isn't it? Yep, absolutely right. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm it's, it's actually like. Yeah, because he can cover like South and exactly have a lot of center and wing depth. Like, and honestly, like you can point the fingers at that right wing spot being a large part of like a lot of their collapses in recent years. Like, they've just never had a guy been able to lock down that spot. And you know, he was originally supposed to be that guy like four or five years ago. So it's kind of interesting that it's come full circle. And I think that depth wise in the centers, really, there's absolutely nobody outside of like Tass and White and and, Mar- and, and Campbell that, that can play there. So, and if <laughs> they've on, got, I, we've got no one except. The two Australian internationals well, and another like pretty good NRL starter. Well, apart yeah, but I that, think that no, no, but what I, nobody. But no, no, no. But what I was, but but yeah, I obviously there's. But we're talking about depth though, right? And one of those dudes is probably going to be in the team playing in a different position. So like they really don't have like a center at all if one of those guys goes down. So it might be a good good depth signing. What do you want him to play? What halfback? You really I'm, wow! You really want that? You don't understand how much my brain has melted by this signing. Like I, I as as, as someone with a melted brain myself, yeah. I, I'm with you. I feel it. I mean I, it with every ounce of sincerity. I, I cannot watch I cannot watch the Greek freak play another year at I can't do it again. I can't do it again. What white not hard? I don't I don't think you know what you're signing up for. Chaos. And there'll be like four games where it looks amazing. There'll be three or four where I go, This is the worst day of my life. And then there'll be like some reasonably good ones in between. Yeah, and look what that's done to me. I'm a shell of a man. That's a fair point. You don't want this, brother. I'm telling you. I don't know, man. I feel like we make the finals with Jack White's on our team last year, but hey, whatever. Well, not everyone know. can make the finals with Jack That's Whiten true. on the team. But although famously, you know, the one, team that had one, Jack Whiten only made one the team, only one team was brave enough to do it to yeah. spit in the one face out of one, one hundred percent of how of how of no, how in, in all seriousness, meant to be played. If the options are Ilias or White, and I want him to play there, but I think they need to give Footy Dean a shot. And if we go, oh, we can't tackle. It's like you got, to, you got to give him a fucking chance. You can't just mm. be like, oh, this guy's the greatest New South Wales Cup player of all time, but oh, they never give him a chance. I thought part of the reason that White wanted to go to South is there wouldn't be as much pressure on him to play make or anything. Well, there like won't that, be. He's know? got so... the literally the game's biggest lightning rod playing fullback, so he'll be fine. Mate, are you saying that Latrell Mitchell is like a better playmaker than? Seb Chris slash Jordan Rapana slash I, Bailey Simonson. I actually slash wasn't even Pitch. saying that. I was just saying that like he is the yes, most. I wasn't. I, I generally wasn't I even was saying that. Mate, what yeah. I, I know you are, but like what I mean is like he's going to a team with literally the single most scrutinized player by a country mile. So like yeah. in a weird way, even though he is going to Sydney, it, it kind of will be a little bit because the Raiders were his team for better or worse. Yeah. And when and when you know people outside of the the nation's capital realized the Raiders game was on and chucked it on. He was the main focus of those games. It's not going to happen in a team with, with Cody and Trell on it. It just isn't. So, yeah. Oh, man. So. I, I don't know. I've, I'm very interested to see how that one goes. I do think 
I do think if he's playing center or second row or whatever, mm. I think he'll be a big, big success. I think I, he's. Yeah. I think he's really going to benefit from a fresh approach. And that's the, that's the other thing. Right? Coach we don't have sort of stuff. We don't have any back row. Well, so like, I, I don't hate the idea of him playing on that left edge. Eh? Like, neither do I. I'm talking like, he's, obvi- he's obviously physically capable of handling it. Handling it. Like, Alex Johnson might break Kenovan's record in week three if that left side is Hummond and Jack and White. Like, he's a, and it, it, it keeps him as a secondary option as a passer and a kicker, which I think yeah. has always always suited probably always sort of suited him a little bit more. Yeah. And five, and then imagine if like you've got him and you've got Walker, and imagine mm. them just working off each other, and like he pops it to Whiten and runs around and all that. Like I can, I can just see that really, really working well. There'd be some hard yak for him, but yeah, it's um, intriguing. It's, it's a really we'll get some clarity on it within the next couple of months. But that is a really interesting situation to keep an eye on. So we'll see what happens. I don't have anything else to talk about, do you? Well, I would like to formally extend an invite to each and every listener. Yeah. To the official Boom Rookies Christmas party. Yeah, continue. Yeah, so tomorrow we're going to record our a questions episode. It's going to be our last episode of the year in uh, any format. And if you've been following us on Instagram this year, and like God, why wouldn't you? You would know that we've been running a thing where every Friday from when was it? Like maybe around ten Rounds, or something like it's that. Just before Magic Round, I reckon it was like round seven or eight. That's right. Yeah, where. Each each week, me and Bungard, we both pick a front rower, any front rower from across the league. And the idea was we'll pick it every week for the rest of the season and whoever's guys score the most tries ends up winning. Yeah. And the loser has to buy a case for the winner. Yeah. And it was a, a tightly a tightly contested contest. We put up some some good numbers. Yeah, we and actually did. End, if you followed our bets every week, like in the it, but in, 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 in the end, I finished finished strong, got it done. So what we're going to do is we're going to yeah. drink the case while we're answering all your questions mm. on the final episode of the season. And you're it all might, invited to come hang it out might even and be and a listen port to or two. There won't be a port. There won't be a port, port or two. Port's gross, dude. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, I know how the, now I know how the Golden State Warriors felt after I blew a 3-1 lead in front of Friday. Yeah. So, yeah. So, like, if you want to send some questions in, do. Mm. We're just going to have some fun with it. I believe we've decided on... Drink West. As yeah, if we can find a case purchase. of it. Where am I? Like, well, uh, unfortunately, I don't know if you know this, Nick, but uh, mascot is not in the West, so I'm actually not sure where. Yeah, I can, it's. it's where... It, I'll tell you, there's some pubs where you can get it. Like, I don't know if you can buy cases, but you can get it on tap. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A, 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 a tap beer is fine, but like, I'm trying to think. I don't. I don't think Dan Murph stocks it, or maybe they do. I don't know. Uh, I'll probably I'll suss it out tomorrow morning. But so, yeah, if not, so I'll if you got some... any questions, send them in. Yeah. Me and Bungard will be boozed up and vulnerable. It'll be great. Oh, I don't, I don't know if I like that. It, it comes in a it comes in a sixteen pack. Oh no, this is a complete more. no, no. Never mind. This is a completely different thing. It's a Drink West Drink Best sixteen pack from the West Australian Brewers Association. That's Get the, the wrong kind of, of West. It is all right. I found Drink West Lager Liquorland sixty five dollars. That's okay. All right, I can do that. I can make that work. Oh, quick and collect. Don't mind if I do. All right, I'll deal with this after we finish. I was going to say maybe don't maybe don't online shop during the show. Maybe people want to hear about the sick discounts I'm going to get from places. Bro, no, no free, no free ads. What are you talking about? That's why I said from places. I stopped myself. Smart boy. All right, but if you want to listen to that episode, you have to be a patron. So you got to go patreon.com forward slash number rookies. You get uh, an extra episode every week. Tomorrow's episode. Uh, access to our Discord server. Entry to next year's Culture and Cup merch discounts. Plenty more. So thank you too. 
Chris Abnell, Dave, I guarantee Ricky Stewart is an Elon Musk stand. Rocky and Rafi, Stu, Broncos legend, Adam Reynolds, Bruce the Fombatsy, Chivak Snuffleupagus, Dan Cullinane, Doc Hogg, Anonymous backer, Ed Burton. He remains an English man. Hi, I'm Mitt Bertrand and I have redacted. I also went to school at Bungard. I was saying Boo Earns, Jason, John Wrigley, John, Josh Brandon, Kicks House Out of the Comp, Lachlan Hancock, Lifeline Dolphins fan, Luke Charles Smidmore, Mads, Taylor's version, Matthew Duggan, Michael, the climax of a supreme game of rugby league, El Masri, trailing by one to win it. He's got it away. It has got there. Murray, Mr. Beefy, Morgan Watkins, my favorite artist on Spotify wrapped was Books. My name is Nick Campton, and Rugby Union is my favorite type of rugby. My ding-ding-dong is hard, and I'm sad. Never trendy. Origin Munster, the Club Munster, Form Line, Royal Commission, Reese Brown, Rodrigo Eduardo, Rodrigo Eduardo, goal! Roxanne Clark, Stephen Vegas, tie the Black Vegetable, the Combat Vehicle. The outro music is a vibe, a 1.7 times size speed. Thor, Tom Hardy, tragic news tonight, 120 dead in a tidal wave in Kuala Lumpur. France was. We are now offering shout outs to everyone in the lower tiers and everyone who's listens. All listeners, please send five of your Australian dollars to at the Matt Bungard on Twitter.com. Westlife Podcast. West Tigers are back, baby. Whoa, I never got my buns. But, and you'll have to speak up. I'm wearing a towel. Thank you so much for your support to everyone in the lower tiers and everyone who's listens. Thank you as well. Yeah, guys, thanks so, so much. Um, this is the first, this is the year done. Yeah. We, 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 did. we did it. We made it. A flying success. The feedback from the the overlords has been very good. The feedback from the listeners has been very good. Uh, we've obviously done it, done it, worked pretty hard to grow grow the grow our social presence and, and all that other shit as well. So I felt like and 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 our social media advisor has approved of my work so far in that space. So I think we've been kicking goals all over the place. So I know we had some big changes this year, but thank you all for supporting us and sticking with us throughout everything. We genuinely appreciate it so much. Yeah, I, I and I wanted to personally thank everyone who's. Listen this year because um, Mitch leaving and me coming in was a really big change, and I wouldn't have blamed anyone for for jumping off because the the Mitch Bungard dynamic was a really big part of the show, and um, you know things obviously had to change because that's not around anymore. But I really really appreciate it. It's um, been a whole lot of fun. I've really gotten a lot out of it, um, and yeah, I hope we have an even bigger year in twenty twenty four. Well, I think uh, yeah, hopefully if all things go to plan, we'll be kicking off with a bang. So let's see how we go. All right, say goodbye, Campo. Merry Christmas, Bertrand. Merry Christmas, Nick. And it's goodbye and Merry Christmas from me.